So I'm over the moon to announce that we've got a new sponsor. It's BDO, who are the trusted accountancy and advisory firm that you may know. BDO is the perfect partner for our podcast, as we both love to help entrepreneurs build high-value businesses, and BDO are always there to help advise people like you on how to succeed. I had the pleasure of meeting a few of the team at the Publican Awards, and I found out they were massive fans of the podcast, were obsessed with the success of our industry, and also a million miles away from the grey-suited drones that you usually deal with. To check out more about BDO and how they can help you get to the top, go to bdo.co.uk. Supersonic! 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 From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. The rocket fuel podcast for food, drink and hospitality businesses everywhere. Listen up, tell all your friends and share with your colleagues. Every single episode is packed full of tips, tricks and advice on how you can make your brand boom. So I've got a really exciting day ahead in that I'm doing a couple of podcasts. This one that I'm talking to you about now is live and direct from Hove, actually, uh, not Brighton. So the posh bit, as some people see it. But I've got the amazing opportunity to sit down for an hour with MasterChef winner from 2013, Stephen Edwards. And Stephen Edwards, also, you might know him from being the founder and owner of Etch by Stephen Edwards, which is a real beacon and destination restaurant in Hove. Amazing techniques, amazing story from where Stephen came from through to the MasterChef win, and then the journey and development from being a chef into being a business owner and businessman. Really exciting. And I have to apologise as well. I think I spoke over him a few times, but he was such a great guest, had so much to say, and I can be a bit rubbish at listening sometimes. So apologise to Stephen for that, but just the kindness shown when I got there. The crew were just amazing. It was George and Sam and, and all the rest of it. They had also just came off the back of a Best Restaurant win by the Bravo Awards, which was really just exciting to see. So excited about his future. So excited about what he's doing right now. So have a listen and see what you think of Stephen and Etch and MasterChef winning and all that he has to say. So it gives me the most pleasure ever uh, to be in the company of greatness, um, Mr. Stephen Edwards of the Incredible Etch. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Did we say Etch by Stephen Edwards? Is that a Sunday is name? Fine. I think I get a bit cringy whenever, uh, <laughs> whenever it's the full title. Yeah, yeah. Even even when I come out to the guests, I never I never introduce myself. I find yeah. it's a bit too much, isn't it? <laughs> Just a t-shirt on. Yeah. But I was admiring your Japanese toilet. Oh, uh, yeah. A lot so. of people comment on those. <laughs> it's good fun. We had one at um, Yosushi. Yes. So I was there for a while. And uh, we got them in. And yeah, you just have loads of giggles coming from the, yeah. the men's and the women's. Sort well, of the thing, thing, so, the thing is, we just wanted good toilets. And yeah. 
Luckily, uh, where we're positioned, it's right opposite Hove, uh, Hove bathrooms, and they ah. came across and sponsored the toilets. So Brilliant. I couldn't say no to that. I was yeah. a bit, I was a bit shocked when uh, the day before we opened, <laughs> I realised they're Japanese toilets. But to be honest, we've had really good feedback from I them, and I think they've had a few sales off the back of it as well. Great. Well, it's just a talking point, isn't it? It is. And, and, yeah. You know, some of the, the some of the weaknesses that we noticed in the in the Brighton food scene was just yeah. things like a, a good wine list, yeah. like decent toilets. Yeah, yeah. That, there's nothing wrong with the food. It was just like what what we noticed yeah. on TripAdvisor mainly. Yeah. To be honest, we just picked up on uh, a few key points from our rivals yeah. and uh, decided to just try and write the write those wrongs. Well, it's a smart move because I think it's like those small big things that people yeah. don't concentrate on. So the hand wash, yeah. the you know. But even just like you've got the nice touch flush, and you know, it's, I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Like normally, when you go out, it's the women that make the decision. And if there's a nice toilet, then that's yeah, yeah, a, yeah. that's a plus for them. I don't think deep down, I don't think the men, the men are too fast. I think no. they'd just rather keep the women happy and, yeah. uh, and all those. <laughs> Yeah, and well, I guess it's making it grammable, isn't it, these days, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and something we, don't, kind of... we don't have the toilet selfies. I don't yeah, think. I haven't seen any mirrors. of those. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite, I wanted it quite dark in there. Yeah. You know, I mean, the whole restaurant's pretty dark, but yeah. I mean, we've got these amazing windows around us bringing loads of light for the, yeah. for the lunches. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm sorry we started the toilets. No, that's all right, that's all right. It's, uh, normally you finish on them, but that's right. we start starting. So, I mean, we have sort of bumped into each other now and again. That's right. Um, we hugged. Yeah, um, at the Brighton Food Awards. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I do get a little bit over the top. People tell you like I don't get out very often, but the, the four times a year I do go out. You're out. I go out. <laughs> yeah, I go full, I, I full steam ahead. And um, and obviously, congratulations for yesterday. Oh uh, no, thank you. So yeah, bravo. it's a bit, of a, a bit of a shock. Like I mean, um, yeah, the Bravo Awards to yeah. be best restaurant. It's uh, you know, it's, it's a massive achievement for yeah, us. Yeah. Uh, we need we a big turned, cabinet. Yeah, we turned two at the beginning of the week as well. Uh, oh, yeah, that's and true. again. Uh, so it's like comparing it to one of my kids. Uh, yeah, two's yeah, a good yeah. age. Uh, no, no more nappy changing. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the uh, head chef George and restaurant yeah. manager Sam have got things under control. So yeah. no, no more of that. And it's uh, it's a toddler. It's yeah. uh, you know, it's it's a nice feeling. Obviously this week, this week's been fun. a good week. Yeah, I mean, I think from um, so. What is the award scene down here then? So you've got Bravo, you've yeah, got was Brighton's three. Best. What's the other one? It was the Brighton and Hove Food and Drink Festival, which right. has stopped um, at the okay. end of last year. So right. it's just two. I mean, for me, it's it's nice that there's um, it's nice that there's it was nice when there was free because it's like free marketing, isn't yeah. it? It's like anything like that's good. I think the downside to it is it has less of an impact. You know, when you have three awards going on in a short yeah. time, I think. They're normally between October and this is the last one, so October and March. Right. Um, it just gets a bit too much for some people. I think you'd have, uh, yeah. you'd have almost like more credibility if there was just one, one main one win, like yeah. leading the way, or even if they worked together, that'd be the ideal because they're both good at, at different sides of, um, of marketing and, and and the restaurant scene. Yeah, and just to say as well, we're going to hear some proper real kitchen noises going. Yeah, <laughs> when, when we created Etch, uh, <laughs> we wanted the the, the kitchen to Ooh. be to be part of the focus, not the main focus. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not like everyone's facing there. Yeah. I think you still have a good night without even seeing a chef, hopefully. But yeah. uh, um, it's just part of it. It makes it easy for the team to work closer together. I think. Well, let's go back then. So yeah, yeah. maybe not quite the toddler and all the rest of it, but what's been the sort of journey to now then? The journey's been quite. I think it's a lot longer than maybe people realise. Yeah. Uh, it all started. It actually started before my. I, I knew I won MasterChef halfway through 2013, 
but it didn't come onto the telly until you know Christmas time. So, what so I had like six months to kind of think what I wanted to do with this opportunity. Um, I created uh, I created Etch as a brand, but really just as a as something different from working at South Lodge because that's yeah. where I was. So I wanted a company that it meant I could go and do a dinner party in your house, for instance, or do a pop up restaurant in a coffee shop, um, but have some sort of name associated with it rather than just be like. Stephen Edwards cooking dinner tonight. Yeah, yeah. Start to get people's imaginations going. Yeah. Um, the reason I chose Etch is just really to leave a lasting impression. That was as simple as that. It sounds cool as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, after MasterChef hit, it uh, it really blew up, kind of thing. Yeah. It, uh, you know, I was getting booked to do dinners left, right, and centre. Booked to do pop-ups, and I think after then we had, you know, do we make this into a restaurant? Does it have enough legs? The concept was we just change the menu every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're still doing that now? We do, we do it every month now. Right. Now we're an actual restaurant. It's yeah, uh, yeah. Weekly we did open. We opened for the first three months doing it weekly. And that was, was, a, good, was a good challenge. What, I never look at anything as a negative. I always try and take the positives from, from a change. And yeah. If anything, it got the team where we needed the team to be. So right. those first three months was hard, hard work. Yeah. But they got to know a lot about me and my food style and you know things techniques uh dishes they repeat you know i'm not gonna lie you know that's my style of food yeah. you know I'm, you know it's very un- unique i believe yeah um and i think it got the team it gave them the knowledge really yeah. to to work for the rest of the year and w- w- what about you know this uh, the master shifting e how did you keep that quiet I mean, it's contract, so uh, I had to uh, just keep my mouth closed, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, I so think. Did any? Who? Yeah, I told my wife. Yeah, I told my wife. I told my my boss at, at South Lodge or the owner of Exclusive Hotels. Yeah. I told him. I don't think. I, don't, I think deep down they thought. Cause I'm a bit of a joker. I think they thought I was pulling their leg. I think <laughs> they were a bit conscious about giving me a, a massive pay rise because I yeah. think they thought oh, I was going to do a runner or something. But uh, <laughs> no, you know, I told the truth. Um, it's a fantastic relationship I have with uh, both David and uh, Danny. Um, who are, David's the general manager, Danny's the owner. Yeah. And, you know, I still keep in contact with them. And what I wanted to do was give, give back to the hotel. So I stayed there a year after winning. Um, they got, like, a, you know, quite a bit from it I'm sure. as well. But, yeah. you know, I'd already worked at South Lodge for six years. Yeah. Started off as a chef de party and worked my way up to head chef. So I didn't want to be... You know, I'm quite big into loyalty, and uh, I didn't want to be like, "Wow, I've just won something that's better than my job." Yeah. See you later, kind of thing. Yeah. I thought, you know what, gave me a better time to to test out Etch. Yeah. Which is how it all was at the beginning. Yeah. And then, you know, just in terms of, you know, the, the press fury kind of after it, and mm. I mean, how did you handle all that? Uh, that was that was difficult. Um, I have uh, like a PR sort of like agent in mm-hmm. in Holly who's been with me since 2013. Years we still work together, um, and she's a good counsel for advice. She kind of like sifts through what's worth doing, what's not worth doing. But it's all got to start with what I want. I yeah. think after winning a program like MasterChef, it's um, you could take what you want from it. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it was just trying out lots of different things. So mm. you know, I kind of ticked a lot of boxes. Mm. It kind of made me think: Do I want to go down the recipe book? route mm. which I didn't mm. at that moment in time I didn't really know enough about my foods you know I went down the hole working with a kitchen company a knife company yeah. you know promotion stuff it was fun to begin with but yeah. it soon traveling around it soon gets boring sure. I found a lot of my time was on the road mm. and I think deep down 
I just wanted a restaurant, yeah. and that's that's where Etch Etch pushed me, yeah. or and just meeting people. That's yeah. what I love as well. I love um, getting to know our guests and yeah. uh, and giving them an experience. And what about um, you know with with that moment? Because you said you didn't. It's almost like a rock star, pop star, or something where mm. they get their style maybe three albums in or whatever yeah. it is. So with your food, what was the sort of moments? that you thought that's the route I'm going to go down when did it click for yeah you? so at South, at South Lodge before Master Chef it was it was difficult it was my first head chef job I learned a hell of a lot from uh, Matt Gillen who, who yeah. was one of my mentors um, so the food style was I would say it was similar I think we had a few arguments at the at the beginning because yeah, we were yeah. in two different restaurants under the same hotel right and I think I completely understand it they had to be different they had to be very different offerings yeah. for guests to appreciate it yeah um so it's, I'm not going to lie, it was hard to come yeah. up, you know, like you've just been given this job, I felt I had the job on merit, you know, I was good enough to, to lead the team, but to then come up with my own style yeah. was was hard, and yeah. I feel like, you know, I'd been a head chef for a year, I went on master chef, and I think with um, Michelle Rue's help, I really found my style on that show, mm. I think I was trying a bit too hard to show to show off, Yeah, show everything. Um, yeah. and I think in the first few rounds of silly mistakes I was making in terms of like an added ingredient here, there, um, and everywhere, but uh, refinement was key mm. and I think that's where this whole, whole sort of like the way I write the menus at Etch that kind of summarises the refinement I found on the show mm-hmm. just to write like beetroot dot blood orange yeah, yeah. as a dish it leaves nothing um, to the imagination bangs, yeah, yeah sure, but yeah. it kind of refines me in to, to try and just use those two ingredients to create a dish yeah and then so what about Etch then so you know you were kind of working on it you know, yeah. side hustle or whatever, where you were, you're doing your stuff. You know, what about getting the place open? You know, the money that it takes? Yeah. The, you know, it's so scary stuff. They're two really good questions, and I think... I think um, it's probably the hardest part of my my life. I think yeah. winning MasterChef was a lot easier than uh, opening my own restaurant. Sure. Um, it kind of... It got to the point where we're doing these pop-ups. We're doing them every week mm. in the height of it, and... Uh, we were getting a lot of interest from from potential investors. Where, where, did, where did you do those pop-ups? So we did them. So the first one was at Norfolk Square um, at Small Batch. Oh, that's a perfect right. location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know we kind of got rid of all the coffee stuff in the middle, and um, we're able. You know, it's almost like here uh-huh. where the guests were able to sit around the outside. I'd introduce the dishes just before we sent them. And that's where that kind of interaction started. Uh, you know, I, I'm a chef, I'm a weird chef that I love actually talking to my guests. Yeah, and yeah. I know that's become more fashionable, but yeah. it wasn't fashionable maybe uh, six years ago yeah. when, uh, when I started that. Uh, but that took us all the way to, I did um, a pop-up at the Latimer, which mm. was a two-star restaurant in between the chef leaving. That was, you know, I was yeah. so proud to be, to be there. Yeah. Um, Blenheim Palace was an amazing venue. Wow. Did some dinner parties in Abu Dhabi. And I'm just trying to think, Solcum down in Devon. Yeah, yeah. So all over the country, Leeds, the Corn Exchange in Leeds. Yeah. So then it came to the point where it had lots of people who were willing to, to put money behind an idea. Yeah. They didn't know what idea it was yet. We hadn't got a prospectus or anything in place. Yeah. But I had a lot of, maybe 50 contacts that said, you know what, I'll put some money behind that. So that gave me the confidence yeah, yeah. to then put together the prospectus. The reason I chose Brighton is because I thought, you know what, if I've got this following in Leeds and Liverpool and Solcum, it can't be in Horsham because I don't think there's enough about Horsham, yeah. which is where I'm from, to bring people to there. Right. The thing about Brighton is that people come here for a weekend away, regardless of coming. What was it fourth best tourist attraction? Yeah, I, I mean, when I did when I did um, 
when I did my market research, I, I saw it as the third. I think London was the main. I had Oxford as number two and Brighton as three. I'm just thinking of international tourism. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's that, you know, an hour bus ride from London is a massive selling point. But also, you know, we do, we've had actually had the supporters that came to the pop-ups in Selcombe and Leeds come here, and that's what makes me so proud. That's because, But I know, I know deep down that it's not just for me and the restaurant. They're coming because they make a weekend of it. Yeah. And I don't think you would do that if you came to Horsham. So I think that's that's one of the key points, I think, to the success mm. um, of it, is that we've we've established ourselves in a, in a city yeah um, but yeah you're absolutely right so once once I had this these contacts so 50 contacts oh, do you, you're very kind of like very, very mo- mo- money tender well, yeah <laughs> no, but I'm just thinking wow I've got these guys they've all said uh, guys and girls they've all said that they're willing to put money it's then Ooh. creating a prospectus and that was difficult that's not my forte yeah um, that's where I met uh, where I actually met my business partner Steve from the very beginning but he was the creative force behind that prospectus which is a key part because a lot of people say what's the dynamics between us two Mm. because we don't really hear much about Steve Barry but he's my business partner and uh, he's a dragon if that makes sense he's a business dragon so he created the prospectus with me we then put it out to these 50 investors and we only needed we only needed 10 investors and uh, we didn't get 10 <laughs> oh. of the 50 we didn't get 10 because it's niche yeah, it's, yeah. you know a lot of questions were like why are we not open 7 days a week why are we not open for lunches yeah. you know we're open for lunches can now. we do breakfast yeah can we and, do breakfast and, and, yeah. can we uh, a lot of it was about sweating off the asset yeah. you know and for me it wasn't about sweating off any asset it's about um, it's about doing the best we can do yeah. and really showcasing what I am as a chef what yeah. you know if, if I'm an artist, this is my art gallery. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to restrict it as much as I can and, yeah. and push it forward as much as I can. Yeah. I've got other opportunities to have other restaurants that are a little bit more laid back, a little bit more dog friendly, a little yeah. bit more child friendly. Yeah. But that was an edge. Yeah. And I think I had to stay true to my words. Um, and that's why it took so long. It took four, three, three years after winning MasterChef to get in edge. Right. That's a huge amount of time. Yeah, yeah. A few failures along the way. We had a few restaurants that we had agreed uh, agreed on but fell through within yeah. those kind of six weeks. Was that? Yes, we I, had... Um, Brighton Hove as well? Do you know Estia restaurant? Uh, so it's next to Waitrose. Oh, uh, yeah. On Church yeah, Road, yeah, actually yeah, coming yeah. out of the car park there. We're, we're a day away from completing on that and unfortunately, you know, I was mad at the time. I've got no qualms if, if yeah. the lady's watching. I've got no problem. <laughs> you know, because I think everything happens for a reason as well. It taught yeah. me, because every restaurant, I had to create a new business plan. Yeah. And this was our third one. This was our third time lucky. And you know what? I think it gave us that kind of experience before we even opened in a restaurant to get it right. Well, I think also you're in a nice spot. I mean, we used to live just up the road, actually, not far from here at all. And because you're out on your own, you're out on Mm. your own. And I think if potentially you went into the lanes or, you know, whatever, it could have been an issue because there's so much... Because at least they're speaking for it. There's nothing like you for yeah. I was miles almost. To be honest, I think um, with with the lanes, it was it was an easy decision. Yeah. We just couldn't afford it for, yeah. for the business plan I put together. It had to be on the edge of a city, yeah. you know. Because we did. I did look at London, um, just trying to think the area that I looked at was uh, come back Elef- Elephant and Castle. Right. Was an attractive area because it's really run down. Yeah. You know. Um, it's up and coming now. It's right? up and coming yeah, now. Yeah. So like five years ago, that would have been a good site. Yeah. The thing is, I just didn't want to get lost in a big city like London. Yeah. Um, Brighton I've always had like a, an attachment too yeah, because it's yeah. Sussex part of the South Downs it's yeah. uh, beautiful um, but also to be on the edge was part of the business plan and again you'll be surprised how many um, 
how many investors, shareholders, whatever you would like to call them, were yeah. put off by the fact that we're here. Definitely. And I think now it's easy to say, oh, what a great location. But you yeah. know what? Even even with the, the the ten shareholders we managed to get in the end, I think a few of them were just going on my confidence. You know, I was convinced this would be a great site. Yeah. I think it looks great now, but at the time it was like it's quite far out. Yeah. You know, we've only got the ginger pig down the road, the Connaught. There's nothing really, you know, Palmyra Square was always what they had envisioned. But I think what did it for me was just sitting at the traffic lights. It's free advertising. It's, so. uh, we, never, we knew we weren't going to be a walk-past restaurant where someone walks in and eats. No. It's going to be a booking restaurant. Yeah. So, in all fairness, the location, as long as someone could stay in a hotel in Brighton and get yeah. a taxi here for cheap, yeah. the parking is cheap as well. It's like £4.50 all day to yeah. park here. There's a lot of things that gave me confidence with it. I just thought if I was a diner, yeah. and I may be coming from afar because we wanted to be a destination, was it accessible enough? And you yeah. know what What was great as well? Shortly after we opened, the Ginger Pig did their rooms, and they've done a fantastic job at yeah. those. And I think there's some great synergy between um, myself and Ben. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's a massive... Uh, he's a role model for me because what he's Incredible. achieved, it doesn't really get sung about in the city. Well, I was so surprised, you know, we, you know, when I met you for the first time at this, uh, at the, the last year's Brighton's Best Awards, Ben and Palmer went up mm. on the, the stage, you know, and then yeah. there was those videos with all these chefs that I know of going, yeah. thank you for having me in your kitchen, you yeah. told me, and you're just like, I, I had no idea. He's so humble, he's yeah. like the definition of humble, and I think, deep down, he's the creator of the Brighton Hove scene. He is, for sure. You know, the yeah. Gingerman restaurant, I think, is like over, like, maybe 20 years old. Yeah. I don't want to offend him by saying that. Yeah. But it's around that sort of age. You know, and it's still doing well. It's uh, and also, you know, back to you talking about London. You know, it's those kind of institutional restaurants that are closing there because yeah. the next new thing, the next new thing, yeah. and people are forgetting to go to the ones that you know started. But also, that's yeah. a real issue in London. The, the Not thing, so much here. No, but you say that. But it's mm. uh, the issue I had was um, whether Brighton and Hove was ready for what we wanted to do. Mm. That sounds strange, but say if. If we didn't have the 64 degrees, the set, the eyes, the cats, yeah. you know, if we didn't have those sort of restaurants that are quite limiting in terms of their menu yeah. and quite creative, yeah. I don't think people would accept us. Yeah, it would have been I too far out. It would have been, yeah, it would have been, you know, too, too, yeah, too much. I mean, if yeah. the next restaurant down wasn't, you know, was like, I don't know, like a, a normal restaurant, like a la carte sort of mm. restaurant, maybe say Drake's of Brighton, you know, yeah. it's a great restaurant, yeah. it's a la carte. If that was the winner of yeah. these awards, I think maybe people would be like, whoa, what's, this is weird. Too like, edgy. Yeah, 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 maybe a bit too edgy, a bit yeah. too far out there. What, yeah. I don't get a choice, you know? Yeah. Seven or nine courses, it's, <laughs> it starts putting people off yeah. before they've even come here. Yeah. But, so, you know, I owe a lot of, um, a lot of thanks to the, to the start of the, the food scene. I yeah. think, you know, we've come in, we, wa we wanted to be the best doesn't mean the best necessarily you know the best choice yeah i think we're a special occasion restaurant i do see that yeah. whereas um whereas the others will get people back two, two or three times a month yeah I, I believe whereas i think you know the most we've had here is uh, a lady that's probably eaten maybe like 12 times in right. in two years i think yeah. she's probably gonna kill me for saying it's probably <laughs> she's got it written down it's probably yeah. 16 times yeah but you know it's not yeah. it's not every week well no i mean it's 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 you know to to special for that and it should yeah. be you know it should be something you're getting yeah. a bit dressed up for and excited yeah. about and, but know, I think that that's what Brighton was lacking Brighton was very yeah. edgy and I think those sort of you know 
I call them white tablecloth restaurants, even though we haven't got white tablecloths here because you can't do that yeah, yeah. In, in Brighton and Hove. That, yeah, that's not yeah. what they're after. The they're Ivy, after. Mate, the Ivy mate? Yeah, the, but I think the <laughs> Ivy's doing well. I'm not going to be one of these chefs that's going to slag it off. I think, right, um, I think their business model is good. I'm not sure if it's going to be successful. That's the only thing I will say because I think where they are, the rent and everything else, right. um, to yeah. get the return on the investment, yeah. which was a huge investment, sure. only time will tell. But good things yeah. I actually like going there it feels nice you feel special like ultimately if I take my wife there I know yeah. she's having a good time and that's, yeah. that's the most important thing yeah well I, I think you know when, when it opened I was questioning it. I was thinking is this kind of what people in Brighton want because it is you know state of independence and people's republic and all these kind of things and it was like, like mm, but actually yeah, it's done a great job and also what I'm hearing from the other restaurant owners round about, you know, the chains and things like mm. that, this has actually helped them because yeah, people, people are to going the to the Ivy, yeah. can't get in, yeah. and then they're going to the other places I around I think this is like, it's, it's this myth about Brighton and Hove, you know, like, again, a few questions on our prospectus was, are people going to pay £50 to eat your menu? Mm. You know, are they going to want to come to a restaurant like this? And I think, you know, Brighton's never, um, you know, it's always had money. You know, it's always London on sea. Yeah. But I think the way Brightonians or Brighton and Hove people, the way they spend their money, it's very, you know, they want to spend it in cool places or edgy places. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's always, those have always done well. Yeah. The good news is that the Ivy um, and ourselves, you know, it's a bit more, we try to lay it out a bit more. I think deep down people, I don't know, true Brighton and Hove people, they don't, they don't want to be like, oh yeah, I like getting dressed up, but yeah. deep down they do. Yeah. They love that yeah. that champagne lifestyle, I call yeah. it, or we call it sparkling wine lifestyle, because we don't serve <laughs> champagne. But you know that, yeah, yeah. that feeling of feeling good, yeah. which is almost shunned in Brighton. The yeah. feeling of feeling good in Brighton is yeah. like having fish and chips on the beach, yeah. whereas we're just trying to give them that um, experience where it's uh, the best it possibly can be. I mean, it makes sense. And, and like, you know, funnily enough, I was up in Manchester uh, with a client this week and last week as well, and I was out at night, you know, to see what's going on mm. there for their bars and their competitors and whatever. Similar food scene. Aye, definitely. Well, but what it was, it was like people super dressed up. Yeah. You know, which, and being down here a lot now, yeah. people just don't. And and it, and it kind of made me sort of think about that. And it was like, I wonder where in Brighton there ain't that many places. And it's, it's nice But to that, this helped with the decor. You know? But, I mean, yeah. we've got to be true to what the area wants. So... Yeah. We wanted a fancy restaurant. Saying the word fancy turns people in Brighton off. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry yeah. about that. But, uh, <laughs> no, but we wanted somewhere fancy. So yeah. got, but then we've got to think about the decor, and this is where chalk architecture came in. So they've done a lot with Small Batch. Right. Ironically, the mm-hmm. first pop-up we did in Brighton. We wanted something fancy but edgy mm-hmm. and relaxed, and that was the hard balance. And you know, they came up with these dark walls. I think it's it really helped showcase the Speaking. restaurant. It, um, you know the artwork, the neons. Mm. You know even things like the exposed ceiling, like where it's um, yeah. the tracking on there. Yeah. It kind of makes it feel a bit more at home, yeah. a bit more relaxed, rather than coming into somewhere that's, uh, you know, like Gordon Ramsay's um, Hospital Road, where everything is pristine and perfect. Yeah. We knew we couldn't have that here because people would just shun it. Uh, yeah. It would make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not a restaurant where you have to wear a blazer to eat either. You know. <laughs> You come, we've had people coming in here in shorts and flip-flops. Yeah. That's not a problem yeah, yeah, to yeah. us. Those have clipped their toenails. Well, yeah, maybe that, that might be a problem. But, you know, the most important thing that people feel relaxed when they're here. They feel like they can have a good time. Yeah. 
there's a lot of interaction between the team and um, and the guests, and that's really what we wanted. Yeah. And if anything, we've struggled to keep the there's too much of a buzz here. You yeah, know, it gets yeah. quite rowdy. Thirty guests, thirty-two guests on a Friday, Saturday. Yeah. There's a real good buzz in the air, and sometimes people are like expecting the, that quiet, fine dining scene. Yeah. So. And like I said, the hardest thing we've got is managing those expectations, mm. especially with awards and things like that. It's yeah. what. Um, but I mean, you can, you can please everyone, you know. So and we like, know, we nice know that. Yeah. I think with feedback, it's important to look at: is there something we've done wrong? That's mm. the first thing. If the answer is no, then as long as we have an upset, more than ten percent. Now that's quite a high number. Yeah. So we we just look for ninety percent happiness. Because I yeah. think once you start getting above that, yeah. you start displeasing people more mm. as well for being something for everyone. Yeah. So we look for 90%. Have, have we done something wrong? Can we change it? Say, for instance, we've had two summers now. These windows are great, but they, they glare coming yeah. in. So for like an early dinner um, at 6.30, we've had a few guests having to wear sunglasses. Yeah. And I'm in it, hands up. You know, it's something we didn't consider. It's a cost that we've got to invest in. And, you know, in next week, we're having all the windows tinted. So that's yeah. going to alleviate it. Could you, you get, change the windows? Could you get we could get double glazing and stuff? Yeah. I mean, we could we could do all that. It's just how much cost we want to put into yeah. it. Like, and they're nice. Because they're beautiful me. windows. Yeah. They're, they're actually listed as yeah. part of the building, so yeah. we can't do too much to them. Yeah. The, 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 the questions were things like, do we put blinds on them? Do we put curtains? But mm. I just right. think it's... Like to sit here and just watch the world go round. So I'm not gonna. Place. I'm not gonna lie. This isn't the best view in Brighton and Hove. It's by far not. But what it, it does do, it you feel a bit of the hustle and bustle. Yeah, and so, and some of the motivations I'm guessing for people choosing you as well is, is mm. to like to be seen to be seen as well. Yeah, so they, I what did question that. Okay, I don't that, know. You know. I don't know whether that is it's, again that I'd goes. Be happy. I'd I be know proud if someone clocked me in here. Do you know what I mean? But it does happen. People <laughs> walk past, especially for lunch. The amount of times someone's walked past, they say hello, they come in, uh, and they chat. But that's you know that's the sort of restaurant I want. I don't want it yeah. to feel like the guest on the outside yeah. can't come in. Yeah. And, um, you know, we want to be open to, um, to to as many people as possible and have that sort of. Yeah. It's like I'm welcoming people into my house. That's ultimately yeah. what I wanted. And it, is your house as well? I guess do you live upstairs or do you live no, somewhere else? No, no, I live in Horsham. The thing is, is uh, I want to have that that um, that separation between business and pleasure. I find it difficult yeah. to turn off, and uh, um, my missus will back me up on that. Yeah. Is that I'm constantly on my phone. I'm constantly answering emails. And it's something I'm really trying to work hard on. Yeah. It's just having just that, even if it's just a Sunday, where I could just turn yeah. everything off, yeah. be with Shout my family yeah. and be a dad and be a husband yeah. Yeah. and then get back into it. That's yeah. that's where I need to get a work-life balance a bit better. And it would be difficult if I lived above and lived across the road. It would be really difficult. Yeah, just what about that thing, you know, stress management and busyness and hours and you know what's a typical week like for you a typical week is it would be monday to, to saturday mm-hmm. um it's, it's got better over the last couple of i'll be honest it was actually harder doing the pop-ups the pop-ups right. was a lot more hard work because it was a smaller team you know yeah. we're up to 12 12 full-time team members here yeah. and that's that takes a lot of those stress off me yeah you know I pass that stress down to them we'll come, <laughs> no, on, to, we'll joke, come, yeah. we'll come on to leadership in but, a sec, uh, actually, but, yeah. but you know with awards comes responsibility comes stress comes expectation and I think that's where we're at now where we have to be on our game all the time um, I believe I can be I believe that the team can be but it's that focus not to be able to switch off is, uh, is what we need but yeah, a typical week for me, back to your question, would be like Monday, Tuesday, sort of admin. I was work. A lot of people, I think, take for granted the amount of admin work that goes into running a restaurant like this. Uh, 
George, my head chef, jokes about it. I'm a, I'm a keyboard tapper, but that's what I am. Yeah. So I do that in the daytimes. Today I work lunch, so I tend to work Friday lunches uh -huh. and then have Saturday lunch off. So my weekend with my family is Saturday day and Sunday, which is unheard of in our industry, to almost have a normal weekend. I think Saturday night I've got to be here. It's, uh, it's unless I'm on cool. holiday, it's yeah. you know, it's edged by Stephen Edwards. I don't want to be one of those chefs that's just like, oh yeah, I call that and then operate from, you know, I could work from home for instance, yeah. but I think even that's like once every two weeks. You yeah, know, yeah. I want to be in the mix. I want to check whether the team are on it as much as they think they are. Control freak? I'm a control freak. Yeah, I'm a, I think most people Yeah, are I think I'll go further than, you know, I think if a chef comes in here, I think they're surprised, even the, even the waiters are surprised by what gets measured. Like, if it doesn't get measured, it doesn't get done. So yeah. like the gap between the tables are all measured. The weight of the fish is, fish is everything's weight, yeah. weight measured. So everyone gets exactly the same experience. Yeah. From, from the size of the portion all the way to the way it's cooked. We've yeah. got SOPs for absolutely everything. Yeah. And, uh, What's the SOPs? A standard of procedure. Um, it means that there's, there's a clear message to what is acceptable and what isn't. Mm -hmm. And some people like working like that, some people don't. But for me, if you, you know, if you want to be part of my team, then we work hard and play hard. That's yeah, yeah. And that's why I get so larry on these awards. <laughs> four times the dinners. Yeah, the four times <laughs> I, get, I get to go, you know, get a bit loose. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think we've got the balance right. We're trying to change the, we're trying to change the, the, the culture in kitchens. Yeah. There's no shouting, no swearing. Mm. I've only lost it twice, I think, in two years. And when I say lost it, it wasn't even 100%. I think. Yeah. George will tell you, he's been with me from the beginning. I used to lose it a lot more when I first became head chef, but you know, we're, we're a good place to work, yeah. I believe, and uh, the hours are, are good. It's, yeah. um, we just do eight, uh, six to seven hour shifts yeah. a week. That's more than the average week, I get that, yeah. but it's a lot less than a lot of restaurants. Mm. And you know, it's a four, four day week if the team want it. But generally, what we do, we come in on a Tuesday to get ahead yeah. and then have a morning and evening off in that week. Right. From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. Just a friendly reminder that this podcast is brought to you by the good folk at BDO. BDO have been long-term supporters of the hospitality sector and they are really passionate about supporting innovative entrepreneurs on their journeys and they also want to give you the right advice and support to grow your business. Just in case you don't know, BDO provides tailored advice to the sector across corporate finance, due diligence, tax and all accounting matters. BDO work tirelessly to give their clients the advice that they need when they need it to succeed. For more information on BDO and how they can take your business to the top, go to bdo.co.uk. Hashtag ad. And what about... Um hiring the team then yeah. what, what are you looking for in them when you're hiring someone it's a good question mainly personality I'll is be it? honest again we break the rules with, with that I think the yeah. CV's good if you've got if you've got a similar restaurant on your on your CV yeah. that'll get you the key into the door yeah. uh, but in saying that we've had we've had uh, chefs straight out of college we've had waiters straight out of college you know yeah. it's just about managing them it takes a lot longer so they wouldn't be on a full time contract it would just be a, mm. almost like an apprentice but yeah. If you if you've got uh, a good restaurant on your CV and you've got bags of personality mm. and you can fit in with the team, we could teach you the rest. Yeah. With those SOPs. Yeah. And uh, that's it really. We've had especially before we opened, we had a lot of waiters 
Waiters in particular are hard. We had a lot of waiters coming from a higher end background. And the good thing about that is they know what service is. The downside is mm. to it, and uh, you know, I don't want to put anyone off from applying, but you've got to have a personality mm. to go with it. And um, I think that's what we do really well here. Personality is an important thing in Brighton as sure. well. Um, yeah, yeah. The guests want to get to know you. Yeah. It's not like some parts of Chelsea where you're there to serve and clear up after someone. Here in child relationship. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in in Brighton and Hove, I believe uh, the guest has a genuine. They want that that rapport. Yeah. And I think that's what Brighton's good at. Yeah. The downside to Brighton is that they can become a little bit too much personality, where it's uh, <laughs> you know really edgy, like ripped jeans, Doctor Mines, yeah, you know yeah, that yeah. sort of. You know, piercings and tattoos and all of that, which is nothing against that, but yeah, yeah. it becomes a little bit too edgy. Yeah. So we've got to have that balance um, between yeah. smart appearance, but, but being able to show off your yeah. your what's well, on the inside. Well, I think I think there's that kind of um, lassie fear, sort of casual attitude mm. that can spill over a bit in Brighton. Exactly. You know, so it's just sharpening. A lot of people say, do a lot of our team come from from Brighton? And I think chef-wise. Not really. Yeah. And waiter-wise, yeah, I guess they live live around here. Yeah. But it's really difficult to to get that, like you said, that too cool for school sort yeah. of attitude out of someone, which is great in Brighton. And yeah. have, you know, if you're a barista in a coffee shop or or cocktail yeah, waiter, shop. they well, love it. No, but they love that that cool. People love that coolness. Yeah. Here, we've got to rein it in a little bit. So ultimately, we have to deliver uh, on our job first, yeah, yeah. then be cool after. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. There's a there's a restaurant, a management guru from America called Jim Sullivan. Yeah, and he does stuff. He just did a masterclass the other day, and I saw David from Brewdog putting some slides out and whatever. But it's one of them was really good, and it said, um, "Service is your product, but hospitality is your personality." Or something yeah, yeah. like that. So it was almost exactly what you're saying. You yeah, know? and I haven't read that. Yeah. I, I, but it's just what I feel. Yeah, and, uh, you're right. Again, my strengths as a chef. Cooking would be one of them, but I think trying to deliver the whole the whole journey for the guest yeah. is um, is what I'm more about. Mm. Uh, which is again strange for an old school chef. That old school chef would be like, "That's my kitchen. As long as the food's good, the yeah, guests yeah. will come back." Yeah, I disagree. I think now we're in a uh, we're in a world where people want to feel good about themselves, yeah. and that's the food makes up maybe. 40% of a diner's yeah, yeah. feelings. Everything else has got to tick the boxes as well. So yeah. that's where I kind of focus a lot of my time on because I think the food is, you know, these recipes are 15 years old, some of them. Right. You know, so I kind of feel like they should be yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the service side, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to adapt, but mm. still trying to make ourselves different. We're different with the food. Yeah. We also want to be different with the service as well yeah, yeah. in a good way. Well, we saw, um, I was speaking at a thing the other week, and Fred Sirix was on. Yeah, yeah, uh, massive after fan. Me. Yeah, yeah. And he did a wee speech about the yeah. art of service and all that. And, and again, I've read great. that book. It's it's it's, yeah. it's inspirational. And what I think, you know, we spoke about disadvantages to yeah. the industry. Is uh, it's a massive. Um, we don't celebrate waiters enough. Like, you know, no. for I mean, I still remember telling my mum and dad. I don't think I think they still get a bit annoyed when I tell the story. But when I told them I want to be a chef, mm. there was a massive look of disappointment in their eyes yeah. you know they wanted something better even yeah. though they're both from the industry they wanted something better for what me what did they want for you going to work in a bank or be a doctor I th- I th- 100% like I think yeah. you know they put a lot of um, time and energy into my education yeah. and uh, you know I didn't go to private school or anything like that no, no. Um, but they just wanted me to do well at school and 
I found it difficult, if I'm honest. I've mm. always been more of a physical uh, worker. But when I said I wanted to be a chef, I think they knew. Like back then, we're talking, you know, 16 years of being a chef. Back then, it was like a culture of like bullying, a culture of long hours, alcohol, drugs, a lot of negativity around um, the industry. Yeah. And even now, I think it's it's only just becoming more acceptable to mm. say. Oh, chef wow oh wow you're a chef you yeah, know yeah, yeah. that's a reaction that you get now yeah. is that's one step of positivity yeah but it could still go a lot further um waiters on the other hand it's it's never really been seen as a as a career and oh, i find that bizarre because a respectable yeah job, it should it? be and it's always been like you start as a waiter and make your way up to general manager sort of thing so yeah. there is there is that sort of you know if you're a general yeah. manager of a five-star hotel that's a great that's seen as a great job isn't yeah, it yeah yeah but there needs to be like more emphasis on who the, who the next generation of, uh, yeah. of waiters are, and I think Fred is a, a massive market leader. He's the only one. But who is? Yeah, yeah. Who is out? You know? Who else is out there? I mean, you've got a few waiters that like you know Gordon Ramsay's head waiter. You've got you know head waiters in these first class restaurants, but they tend to just keep to themselves yeah. and keep keep it you know what's the word introverted or it's like yeah, yeah. contained. I yeah. think the message needs to be spread. Uh, from, from more of these waiters and it's hard to create a competition you know yeah. MasterChef is where I made my name it's what, what competition do you create for them without being degrading like let's see how you carry a tray or let's see how yeah. you you know but I think I, I, I don't know the answer all I know is that there's a massive Gap. weakness in our in our industry for yeah. finding talented waiters yeah. and waitresses and are you finding that for you and are you finding that for chefs as well in terms of recruitment or so are you getting wise, a lot of good we get a lot of great uh, CVs in. Mm. I know there's a massive shortage. I, I think, luckily, because we're making a name for ourselves, people want to work with us. Mm. The thing is, I, I really look at the team and what they want from me. Yeah. I don't look at what I want from them anymore. I gave that up as soon as I started recruiting here. So what works really well is we've got a great balance between the team. We've got a few full, full-time, mm -hmm. like core, the core team. Uh, and what's nice as well, we've got some experienced... Uh, so like Sophie, for instance, she was like restaurant manager at Paul Ainsworth. So great pedigree, yep. great personality. But she's doing a wine, a wine degree at uh -huh. Plumpton College. Wow. So she works just Friday, Saturdays with us. Yep. And it's a perfect balance where we've got someone with a great, um, great attitude, mm. only doing two days a week. Yeah. Uh, it could be Sarah as well, who's, uh, who's at university yeah. as well. And she works two, just two shifts. So Sophie works four, Sarah works two. Yeah. But it works, you know, we've got some chefs that work four shifts, some work that six, some work that eight. You know, if yeah. you want overtime, we can give you 10. Yeah. And it's just finding out what an individual wants from the yeah. company. Once we know what they want, it's a bit hard to set up. Mm. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. But once it's set up, I feel like we get a lot more from them. Well, yeah, and it's funny, you know, we, we've uh, so had you know, a better restaurant marketing and, and branding and this and that. And uh, we've been doing a lot of employee engagement stuff lately. Yeah. And with the clients that we've been seeing, it's been quite a few different clients, and they've basically been saying it's more like kind of pubs and bars. This particular mm. example, you know, and it's the same. But we've got a shortage of people, and it's costing it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um. So, but we know that um, when people come in, we can, as you said, make them GM. Mm. It's not everyone's dream to no, be GM. No, it's not. No. You know. So what we were sort of trying to say to them was, well, actually, 
why don't you find out what the dream actually is? Yeah. And if it is, be an Instagrammer, be a football player, be a, like, a comedian, work, a triathlete. Exactly, work it into that, yeah. that role. Because if you're a triathlete, yeah. on a day like this, you probably wouldn't want to be working during no, the day. Yeah. Yeah. So give them nights. Yeah. If you want to be a comedian and you've got venues that do mm. comedy nights, put them on and get them to work during the you know, day. Yeah. And it's like, just say to them, like, do, you, do you mind cooking some breakfast and pulling yeah. a few pints while you're here? I no problem. The thing we do do is we have that yeah. consistency. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. So it's not just the two shifts. It's what's your what's your preference yeah. on the two shifts. And I think once you've once you've got that nailed down, all we ask then is for a hundred percent. So when mm. you're here, give us a hundred percent. If you're not hundred percent, don't come into work. That's yeah. it. Just tell us you're not feeling good. We we'll mm. get someone else to come in and cover that shift. Yeah. And that's all I want from the team is that honesty. And I think. Yeah. You know, we do things like we we go away to Marbella once a year. Oh, great! So we take the team. Ah. Uh, one of our one of our guests, or um, who's been you know kind of by my side for a, a while, he didn't invest, so uh, uh-huh. I do hold that against him a little bit. He knows who he is, <laughs> uh, but he's got a villa out there, and so he gives us the villa for a couple of free dinners. So we cover that with a couple. You know, so yeah, it's not yeah, like yeah. us being like really flash and no, no, no. showing off the dollar signs. It's us like trying to do a deal with someone. Yeah. We pay for the flight. Uh, yeah. I said we pay for the flights. The team pay for the flights yeah. and then we pay for a lovely dinner when we're out there. Yeah, yeah. And, and we do that. The other thing we do, we take them out. So that's the summer party and the winter party. We go out to a Michelin star restaurant. Brilliant. So there's two incentives there. There is a budget on both of those things. Yeah, but yeah. collectively, we all we all put in the you know the, the contribution to make yeah. it happen. And yeah. I think um, there's a lot of benefits to working yeah. with us. But you've got to want to be yeah. determined, want to push the product forward. Yeah. And... You know, I don't even like the word uh, staff. I don't know if you know. It's like, I, yeah. team. It's team, team food. Team, yep. team days. Team yeah. Yeah. You know, I think to expect someone just to work and do this, do that, do that, it's gone from yeah. from etch anyway. And I think it, it was in five, Yeah, I think in in most industries now, it's mm. uh, people don't like working like that. And well, when you look at millennials and centennials yeah. coming through. It isn't like it was when I was. We, I mean, they don't take any. They don't take any rubbish, do they? No. Like, no. And I know it's bad that they're being called the snowflake generation, but that's exactly. Yeah, what, yeah. But that's used to their advantage yeah. because they've actually got jobs where they're demanding to be paid for the work that they do. They want to create a legacy. They want to, yeah. You and give they, back. Yeah, but they, they understand the human rights. Yeah. Like when I started as a chef, I didn't care about the human rights. I'll be honest, I just love the buzz of a kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And you're like you're pleased you had a job. And it's, yeah. yeah, but I mean. I, I, it's hard to see the future because I kind of miss that as well. You know, like without yeah, being yeah, neg- yeah, yeah. negative again, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that buzz of a kitchen where there was like violence and swearing and yeah. drugs and alcohol was actually quite appealing to me <laughs> as a as a fifteen year old boy. Maybe you could get like a stage somewhere. Or... Maybe, yeah. I mean, but that's what there's probably still restaurants that operate like I'm that, sure. and yeah. people are queuing through the door to work at that. And what, yeah. all that's happening is that restaurants aren't becoming the same, they're becoming different, yeah. whether that's their food offering, but also how they work as a team yeah. is changing. So yeah. just like the white tablecloths, yeah. people are saying it's dead. It's not dead, it's, gro- yeah. it's a growing. Yeah. There's more restaurants opening than closing with white tablecloths. That's, that's because people still like going to them. Yeah. They still like dressing up. Well, they want experience. They do, yeah. and they want that fine dining still. Fine yeah. dining isn't dead. No. Uh, you know, there's this in our industry. There's a lot of people saying, "Is it dead?" It's not dead at all. Like Hospital Road is still smashing it. Yeah. Well, also, I was thinking about um, you know your, your menus and your ingredients, mm. and so what's the sort of process there? You know, coming up with the menus monthly, um, the, the ingredients, the suppliers, and yeah, what's so your relationship the, the with suppliers. That? Uh, a lot of them I've had again from the South Lodge days. Yeah. Some of them are new, like Barfields is a, okay. a new butcher, just because uh, Hutchins Butcher, who I still love, Sean Hutchins. 
Is it Partridge Green? It was just a delivery issue. Right. But you know, I, I, we worked around it. Yeah. Like I said, uh, Barfields is an amazing butcher. Um, Where are they? They bring. Yes, they are. Yeah, they're on the so, other side of Brighton. Is that five? Five ways. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. really good butcher. And what I love is that that personal interaction we have. I mean, we're very, we're really set in our ways here. Mm. So that's a that's a positive or a negative. Yeah. But either way, I can guarantee a certain amount of a single item to go yeah. through the books, which is what I think they like. Mm. It just took a little bit of a while to get used to because it's like you know we do about 160 guests a week here. Yeah. Uh, so maybe on the course of a four week menu, it's I don't know what that I should know what that is <laughs> off the top of my head. But that's how many portions we're yeah. looking for. And I think once they got that into their heads, that it was very strict, structured. We, mm. You know, like the difference between a, a quiet month and a busy month is 20 guests a week for us. Right. That's it. 20 guests yeah. makes a quiet week to a busy week. Right. So once, once we've got all those issues ironed out, it's, it's really just working this way. The question about the menus, the menus are written out for the whole year. Oh, you've done them already? And the reason yeah. for that is to try and get a balance, to try and get a difference to try looking at all the dishes that I've got yeah, yeah. in my repertoire um, it's to try and to try and match them out what did we do well last year how can we improve it what went wrong what went right um, I've got more dishes than menu space if that yeah. makes sense yeah. so it's really I've created a competition for dishes on the menu right. so we're just doing the best we possibly can do and is it always you that's come up with them is it collaboration yeah I'm, I mean at the have? moment it is it is me um, and I'm happy for ideas to come forward it's just that the concept that I've created is very again I've put it into a box and I worry sometimes whether I've pigeonholed it too much and the fact that we don't use spice for instance right. any spice we don't use any you know like things like chilies we don't use that yeah. I really what I want is the ingredients to stand out yeah, and that's why I say it's ingredient lead is because I, if I have a beetroot soup on the menu I don't want it like you know, having onions and garlic with it, I just want that intense beetroot flavour. Yeah. So it's just reduce, reduce, reduce. Yeah. And when you eat it, you're like, whoa. Yeah. You know, like there's no um, there's no cream in there, yeah. for instance, because cream would like take away that flavour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, so that's the hardest thing, is yeah. because the chefs have all got experience from other restaurants uh-huh. and they've got great dishes. That's what I mean. I'm not taking anything away from mm-hmm. a curry. It could be the best curry, but it's not going on this menu. Yeah. You know the menu is it's purity. Um, yeah, that's so it's, it's good. Like you know, I, I do a lot of brand work, and it's yeah. always good to try and sum up someone's brand in a couple of words. So yeah. that core thought then is you. Yeah, it's, it's purity. ingredient led. Yeah. It's purity, purity. is that's a word brilliant. that I love at the moment uh, that not a lot of chefs are using. It's uh, almost like single origin dishes. If yeah, you're thinking about coffee, it's like that's the thing you know 100% 100%, and I just feel like the the reason behind it is like say you've got a producer like Trenchmore Farm like the guys there they spend a lot of time getting the best quality beef there's a you know they're looking at the weather they're looking at what they're feeding the animal they're looking at when's the best time to slaughter the animal what's the what's the meat like I just think it's almost a shame then when you get it and then put it into a curry and that's not me slagging off curry chefs that's like for me, I want to do that justice. So, yeah. do we cook it in the fat of the beef? Yeah. You know, adding in that flavour. How yeah. can we reduce it down? How do we intensify that flavour? You know, do we do we age it for longer? Mm-hmm. You know, all these questions are going through my head, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all of them are literally all the things I try and do to ingredients is just add a bit of salt. Yeah. Generally, yeah. add a bit of time yeah. to like let it age, yeah. let it, you know, let that purity come through. 
and then try and serve it in its simplest form. Yeah. We do we do show technique as much as we can. Yeah, yeah. But I think etch in a few more years' time, I think that's where we want to go is refine the menus even more. Mm. Get even better quality ingredients mm. because Sussex can do can keep pushing for these ingredients. Yeah. You know, uh, Scotland like does lead the way, I'm afraid. But what <laughs> I really what I really wanted from etch is for people to talk about the South Downs like they do Scotland mm. and um, Devon and Cornwall. Yeah. You know, if the Southwest is so passionate about their produce, it's like, oh, we're really good at this, we're really good at that. Yeah. Scotland is exactly the same. South Downs, we've got like a bounty full of, yes. of produce and uh, we just need to celebrate it more, which is yeah. what we're trying to do here at Edge. And yeah, it can be frustrating that I'm still getting my pigeons from Anjou in France, yeah. but I don't know whether it's sustainable to have a pigeon farm in Sussex. Yeah. So, you know, you can't, there's no point trying to force something that's not yeah. right for the producer yeah. you know we're not on about like oh can you get the milk 10p cheaper yeah. we're not on about that it's like yeah. how do you create the best milk what's the price for it yeah. then we put that onto our costs here you know like a few yes. people you know we are an expensive restaurant yeah. I'm not going to lie I can't change that I'm afraid yeah, because yeah. we have to survive as a business number one yeah. we also have to pay the fair price yeah, for yeah. that product yeah. you know otherwise that producer's just going to go out of business yeah. and everything's going to have that roll on effect yeah. but I think we are our value for money. Mm. I will say that, and I'll argue with it with uh, a lot of people. Well, I'll tell you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, but you know, if you're not a foodie, there's not value for money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you love food yeah. and you love quality produce, we give you value for yeah. money. So I'm just looking at the time. I need to get out your hair before lunch starts. Oh yeah, starts. what time? What time we are? We're at five to twelve. Oh, yeah. you're, put, you're really yeah. putting the pressure on me. Yeah, I've got to turn it. I've got to turn it around and get set up. Well, a couple of things was. Yeah. Um, all the questions I wrote and sent to you, I don't think we've hardly covered because we've had that's a good, chat about cool, yes. other things. No, we could do that. Yeah. <laughs> but what was it? Just at the end, then, yeah. um, I've started this UB feature called Mark Out of Ten, right? And it was just to see quick fire. Yeah, go for um, it. Some thoughts. So, best city to eat in? Best city to eat in? Yeah. It's Brighton. I mean, Whoa. that's a silly question. You know, I'm gonna say, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to go against what Tokyo? my. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go there. There could be some I think of, but I'm gonna say Brighton. Great. Best restaurant. Best restaurant is ever. Uh, lit oh, best restaurant ever. The one that your most favourite restaurant ever is Casimir in Bristol. Okay. A similar food scene, Bristol. Right. Um, I just love it. it's inspirational. Le Manoir converted me into this sort of dining, but Casimir was the style that I love. It's uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's refined as as refined can go, basically. Need to check that out. Yeah. Best meal or favourite dish. Best meal, so I'm just going to go recently because I did have some loads of great meals at Casimir, but what I will say is Niall Keating, um, okay. who's from Watley Manor. Uh -huh. um, I went and ate his food, and it's the best meal I've definitely had this year. Wow. And he's a chef to look out for. Michelin yeah. Star, is the, like, he won Michelin Chef of the Year. Yeah. I think he's at 26 years old, but amazing, amazing chef. Wow. And one of my chefs works with him, so that's a, yeah, yeah. a mutual, or one of my old chefs, yeah. sorry, uh, works with him. So I'll definitely be booking into Watley Manor soon. Nice. Where is that? It's in Wiltshire. Right. So just uh, as if you're going towards Bath. Okay. And then I should know exactly where it is, but yeah, it's yeah. on the left left somewhere before Bath. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the left at Bath. Yeah. Um, last couple of things. So mm. best drink, favourite drink, favourite tipple? Favorite tip? I'm just going to be boring and say lager. To be honest, I any like, particular kind? Actually, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to change it. I'm going to say like white wine, uh -huh. and I'm going to say uh, a Bacchus. Sophie, what's the what's the Bacchus that I like? Allborn Estate. Allborn Estate Bacchus. Yeah, okay. Again, because it's promoting local, yeah, yeah. and I love it to bits. It's mine and Laura's like favorite wine. Brilliant. So, um, worst meal ever. 
a worse meal ever. And now this is this is a hard one because uh, I can't actually remember. But I actually eat anything. <laughs> the, the way I look at value, you know, like I love McDonald's. Yeah, I'm sure. a massive fan of McDonald's as a as a concept, as a as a business. And it, I always look at things as like value for money. Put, really put me on the spot. It'd probably be like a kebab house that is just yeah. like, okay, it'd probably be like KFC where I've right. had it and it's like the chicken tastes funny yeah. and I just throw it in the bin. Yeah, I'll yeah. be honest, that's it. I know you want more of a, a gossip that I'm like <laughs> slagging off one of my Spain. counterparts, yeah, yeah. but you know, I eat, I eat all types of food. I yeah, eat yeah. like high end food, I eat low end yeah, food, yeah, yeah. and I eat what's in the middle as well. But <laughs> yeah. a lot of people are, they kind of think it's weird for a chef to admit yeah. that. But Right, very last question then was um, just some advice for people that are maybe thinking about taking this leap or in a job they're unhappy with or they want to become you know, a chef or they want to become a chef want to open a restaurant you know I what's think, this I think the biggest advice I can give is uh, is if you want to be a chef then taste if you want to if you want to make it in any industry I think put yourself out there give the give the employer a reason uh, a hard decision to make yeah for example like how a lot of chefs have come in here is they started with a stage. Yeah. So a stage, uh, for people that don't know, is like where you go and work somewhere for free. Mm-hmm. Now that sounds bizarre because mm-hmm. we've been talking about valuing someone from a... When I say work for free, we don't just give them a list of jobs like peel potatoes, peel carrots. Yeah. We give them the nice jobs. They can work as whatever speed they want. They observe mm-hmm. what we do. We get to know them mm-hmm. um, and let them loose on the jobs they want to do. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you work here, then you, you have to run sections or, you know... Probably less fun. Starters are fun, but then there's no monetary consequence yeah. to that. But I always wonder, like, if you want to be a lawyer and a good lawyer, why don't you go work with one of your lawyers yeah. that you aspire to be like for free? Yeah. Just work with him for yeah. a week. I guarantee it will change your whole outlook on that sure. career. It could give you contacts. It could yeah. give you ideas. It could give you like the way they're working, the way it's set up. It could even it could even make you think actually this isn't the job I thought it was. Yeah. Just in that one week, yeah. like when I went on MasterChef to work with Massimo Batura the best chef in the world like he changed the way I thought about a lot of things yeah. for two days I was there just two days yeah. and I absolutely fell in love with him and his food yeah. and it it inspired me to um, to do what we're doing now no, I think that's great advice and I, you know I think you know it's what I did when I started my business well, I did so much for free you yeah. know, speeches advice anything just to get then you've got some case studies behind you and all that stuff exactly. and then, it, then you'll catapult you've got to invest your time into something yeah. like and it's a lot of a lot of mine and my wife's arguments and I'm you know we do argue I'm not going to sit here and say we don't are about time my time invested into things without getting paid yeah. But, you know, I'm still young. I'm going to invest as much time as I can. And it's what my business partner Steve does. He invests a lot of his own personal time into yeah. things. And the idea is some things won't work. Yep. But what you can take from that is positives. Yeah. Some things will really work. Yeah. And then you will reap the benefits later on. It's like planting a, an acorn. Yeah, yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. It's time consuming. Yeah. Where did I plant it? Do I have to water it? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Sometimes you just forget that it's there, yeah. and then boom! Before you know it, you've got an oak tree. I, I think it, yeah. I think just it's being led by karma, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah, just a little bit good of that. Stuff yeah. will come back. Yeah, you know, if you put enough in, good stuff. A hundred percent. Without you know. getting too deep on this, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. it's just you know even supporting local businesses. Yeah. You know, we spoke about it with the Ivy. Oh, it's not a local yeah. business, but you still have fun there. Like yeah. you can't live your life like just doing one. I think yeah, life exhausting. is all, Yeah, no, but like. <laughs> You know, because people in Brighton do get attached to stuff like this. It's like, oh, is it fair trade? Is it this? Is it that? If you have a good time, then be happy and spend your money there. Yeah, yeah. If you can support locals, support your friends, support your yeah. businesses. You know, this is why we put a lot of effort into English sparkling wine. Yeah. Sounds strange. Why is a chef talking about that? Yeah. 
But the way I look at it is the better that places like Knighton do, Ridgeview, Bolney, the better they do, yeah. it's going to create an economy yeah. like Champagne has for France. Now, like Champagne is an amazing place to live. So, come on, people, like let's invest in English sparkling wine. Yeah, we're not going to get the value for money that Prosecco offers. Yeah. Or value for money is the wrong word because you do get value for money in English yeah. wine. You might not get the it's not as cheap, the cheap yeah. as Prosecco. But what you are doing is increasing the economy yeah, yeah. Uh, for these areas of land that are being snapped up. Before we know it, our house prices will go up. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of benefits to creating this like little ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. But I think for Sussex, if I had to say a product that is absolutely smashing it on mm. a worldwide scale, it would be sparkling wine. Yeah. And that sounds strange because yeah. it's not a food product. Well, I think it's just they need to, to your point, they need to leverage that better. Yeah. And that needs to be the gateway into yeah. saying, oh, but we've got the best, you know, veg, yeah. we've got the best this, we've got the best that, you know. So I think the job to be done is they've got the hero product yeah now we need to champion it but you know like I said if you know we're looking at pubs at the moment I want the pub to only serve English sparkling as well you know it just means that if you come here and you want Prosecco or Champagne unfortunately I'm going to convince you into having a glass of English sparkling and I know it's not for everyday drinking but it is for those special occasions and I think you know I mean look at the growth in that market over the last like five years has been astronomical incredible and uh, you know we'll get there with other uh, producers as well yep. but um, we've got to, it's got to be the scale of the market yeah. and then last thing then is just the future so mm. what's going on yeah I mean what's I touched five, on 10 years what's, what's happening all, all I really want I'll be honest I'm not one of these chefs that wants 10 or 12 restaurants yep. uh, you know I really do look up to Ben McKellar what he's got but I don't think I think with his new restaurant as well the Flint House which is opening he's got quite a he's got quite a few yeah. I think I'll probably just go I'll be happy with two or three sites yeah different sites so etch is obviously tasting menu a pub we're close on at the moment which yeah, i hope to, be able to reveal something soon but doing proper proper pub foods you know like scotch eggs pork pies hopefully yeah, yeah, yeah. you know things that i've almost got forgotten in yeah. in um in pubs uh and then even if it's just like a, a little brasserie or something you know i'm not yeah. to be honest i'm happy with just a restaurant and a pub yeah that'll be me sorted and then just trying to make them as good as possible because right. you've got that accessibility with the pub yeah, yeah, and then yeah. that special occasion with yeah. the um with the restaurant so amazing yeah it would be yeah. and i think then that's the future really yeah. you'd be a good landlord hopefully yeah <laughs> well, well that's that's where i would say i'll then start trying to invest money in the actual yeah. property of yeah. the you know instead of spreading myself thin on how many restaurants i can get uh it would be let's like try and invest everything I've got into these two yeah. sites you know because I could only be in so many places at a certain amount of time yeah. and, uh, I think that's the issue right is you know because you're you and it's part yeah. of my personal brand as soon as that starts start diluting I just don't think you know, I mean as much as I love Jason Afferton and Gordon Ramsay you know two chefs that have got a good collection of restaurants and they do do an amazing job keeping them I just don't know whether it fits in with my work-life balance yeah if, if that makes sense because yeah, yeah, they're yeah. very driven individuals yeah. and I'm not saying I'm not no no I'm just saying that they they are proper restaurateurs they're taking it to the next yeah, yeah, yeah. level um, and the risk may be involved in what they do is not yeah. convinced on uh, yeah. as I think keep it keep it small and manageable yeah. you can make what you want from them brilliant but, no it's been an absolute pleasure I think cool. you've got a lot out of me I'm a, I do love talking but, it was uh, great it was absolutely uh, brilliant we'll have to finish up some other questions <laughs> another time or maybe like we'll a part, a part two. two yeah we could do a part two but yeah, we'll have to listen, do the, the drum roll so at much. the end like the cliffhanger <laughs> oh. oh yeah the extenders well Stephen it's been a pleasure I better yeah. let you go and no yeah work. thank you I better get in the kitchen and uh, 
cook some stuff. So what an amazing guy, what an amazing story, what an amazing journey, what an amazing restaurant, what an amazing team. Just can't speak highly enough of Stephen Edwards in person. The interview was just a delight and he had so much great stuff to say. I think we could have went on for hours and hours and hours and maybe even had a wee beer in hand at some point. Really excited about going to visit Stephen in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we've got a Saturday night date night with him. Uh, so really excited to see him in action in the kitchen and the team working hard at full throttle and full tilt at the peak of service. Massive thanks to Gaz and Gabby for pulling together the Supersonic podcast. Really exciting and we've made such a great start and thanks to everyone for all of their support. Thanks also to BDO for all of their help and support in terms of sponsoring the podcast, so hopefully it's bringing them some great value as well as you. Thanks for all of the DMs and the messages of support from you too and the amount of people that are sharing it with their friends. We really, really, really appreciate it. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off. Bless you for listening. And I hope that today's episode has given you some great advice and great insight to help make your brand boom.